Hello everyone. Welcome to episode number 23rd. And today's guests are Will and Trinity, who are the hosts of the Waiting to be Signed podcast and very active collectors of generative art, particularly on FX Hash. So I'm very excited to have them on the show and get their perspective in the whole generative art ecosystem, but specifically about FX Hash 2.0 launch. So for those that are unfamiliar, it's launching on Ethereum. So they are integrated into the Ethereum blockchain and that will happen on December. It will be a whole week packed with events. Over 80 artists are launching new collections. And there are so many implications for artists and collectors. So I'm very happy to have Trinity and Will today to talk about that. How are you guys? Doing good. Fantastic. Thank you for having us on. Uh, People who are listening, Kala, you're one of our first guests on our show. So yes. way back in the, the favor. Day. Yeah. So I was looking at the recent episodes and you guys are about to cross 100 episodes. That's uh, fantastic. I was the, I think the guest on episode six. So a long time ago, very early on. So how has the journey, did you expect to go so far when you started? Was it a casual show or did you took it very serious from the beginning? I think I that think we're all in. casuals. <laughs> no, it's either we're all in or all out. It's hard to do things halfway. And that's the beauty of doing something with your best friend is that there's accountability there. Showing up every week, clockwork. Yeah. yeah it's and, been fantastic. And you're right, we're, we're about to pass episode 100, but we only number our weekly episodes that are just kind of like recapping the ecosystem. We actually don't even number our interviews, of which we have mm. about 50. So we're well over 100 episodes by now in the feed. But yeah, we'll be passing that 100 mark just around the two-year anniversary of the show in January, I think. Yeah, that's fantastic. So waiting to be signed and the name, the name comes from FX Hash. Can you tell us a bit about the story? What does waiting to be signed mean? Yeah, it really comes from the earliest days of FX Hash, November, December, into January of 2021, when there was so much activity on the platform, so many drops and so much like flipping and just, it was a really crazy time to be around. And because at that point it was just ciphered still creating the platform, there were no other developers working on it. He was having a hard time keeping up with everything and just keeping it running. And so the indexer, people would go to mint a token and all of a sudden the project would mint out, there'd be people flipping. And then you'd see in the sales feed, all these unsigned tokens because the indexer hadn't caught up to actually issue the image of the art yet. And so it would say, waiting to be signed, sold for 50 Tez, waiting to be signed, sold for hundred Tez. And you would watch these people just trading unrevealed tokens because that's how hot the market was at that point. And we just thought, wow, that's a really funny name for a show yeah. at that time too we were only doing fx hash we've such since branched out into other ethereum platforms talking about verse and art blocks and tonic but we we stick with the name because it's just i don't know yeah, we, yeah very unique it's in the culture the cultural name that will remain and yeah so december 1st um fx hash will open on ethereum it was announced a couple of months ago and what are your thoughts? So there are, I think, a few multiple things to, to consider. So one is the implications of being on Ethereum, which is a different blockchain, very different than Tezos for, for things like gas. It's expensive on Ethereum. Also, FX Hash has many features and they are doing a great job in migrating or launching with pretty much everything right out of the gates. And there are also implications on what will happen to the previous collections that are on Tesos. Some people think it will be very positive for those collections because it will drive more, more traffic, more visibility. Others are not that sure. And of course, both will be operational. So what are your thoughts, Guy? What have you thought about this? What do you think will happen in general? Well, I think first of all, we will officially see the number one open generative art platform on Ethereum finally come to life. I know that there have been a lot of open gen art platforms on Ethereum coming out. 
FX Hash is a well-known name. They have two years in the business doing this on Tezos. They're going to absolutely crush it out of the gates. I have such a strong belief in this team. But to your question, I think that this is only going to be good things for the art that's been on Tezos so far. More traffic, more mind, more attention. And then you also see this whole litany of historic projects that are historic within the community because they were early, they are excellent, and they are very tightly held. So I think that opening up the ecosystem of who can be a collector or who is a collector is only going to be good. Well, I don't know if you disagree yeah. with that. <laughs> no, no, I agree. And I think another point to that is that I think it's very hopeful that a lot of people from Ethereum will come over. There's so many artists that we're going to talk about in this episode that they're going to know from Artblocks and Verse and Tonic <clears throat> that got their start here and have projects that are very affordable, but not necessarily cheap, but affordable compared to their other work. And uh, yeah, someone with ETH comes over, they connect their MetaMask. They're all of a sudden going to be seeing all of these Tezos projects as well. And they're going to be able to like just make a wallet pretty easily. And if they don't even want to buy Tezos, they don't have to because FX Hash allows you to pay with ETH. They allow mm -hmm. you to pay with credit card. So if you don't want to go through all the hoops of like going to Coinbase and figuring out how to buy Tez, if you only want to buy ETH, I think the barrier to entry once people connect to the site and start seeing stuff is going to be very low for collecting. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And there are so many amazing projects on the platform. And I think that's thanks to it being open, basically any artist could launch on the on FX hash since day one. And there are thousands of projects. And I think you guys through your podcast have been doing an amazing job into keeping up to date with the releases and you are collectors as well. So you are very familiar with everything in a high scale, all the projects that are on the platform. So I think it would be very beneficial uh, for us to talk a little bit about that. What are the projects that are very popular and there are projects that maybe aren't as popular, but there are maybe some hidden gems there. So I was thinking that a good place to start would be into the popular collections, what some people call the, the blue chips. And these days might be a good time to look at those. And I wonder from your perspective, from the blue chips projects, I don't really like that name, but for those which ones are you particularly interested in these days in terms of the market, but also the ones that you actually like and, and, and appreciate a lot just from an artistic point of view? Trinity, any place you want to start? Or should we talk about the I methodology mean, kind of first of like how we're approaching this? Yeah, we can definitely do that. I think the first part is that over the last year or so, we've been tracking an index of projects. It's not necessarily the most expensive projects, but I think it, they're the most exciting projects. But they aren't all necessarily blue chips. But we are over time, every, it used to be every week. And then as the market slowed, we went down to every month and now a little bit checking in every quarter. Obviously, Will did a, another special rundown just in preparation for this to kind of see where, how things have been shaking out. But we always track what is the floor price. And again, floor is not the resistance. Floor can always go lower, especially in a market like this where you're not seeing as many sales. We always track not just the price in Tez, but also the price in USD because crypto, it's a fluctuating thing in and of itself. And so we see a lot of repricing that may or may not occur as the price of Tez changes. And it can sometimes change quite dramatically, especially in the last year or so where we can drop 40% overnight. So it could be a great time to get deals. But uh, things have been pretty steady in the last couple of months, for better or for worse. Yeah, and I'll add the caveat that Though we're tracking this, we don't have perfect analytic systems and things. We don't have our own custom API that's like reading the blockchain. So these are our best estimations based on the information that we can find through FX Hash. So if anything, some of the numbers that we're going to present are probably under it. Like I don't know the perfect top for each project, but we can kind of look historically and try to guess where they were. So I'm sure anyone who's got better data skills could come up with a more perfect version of this list, but I think we're going to be within plus or minus 5% on everything that we talk about. I'm I feel good about that at least. So cool. Should we start with the obvious one? Like Zancan, do you think, Trinity? I mean, obviously. I think it's the project that has the highest floor on FX Hash. It is the number one most traded project on the platform so far. If you look at the annual sales data or the all-time sales data, Garden Monoliths is number one. It's the top. It is the highest. 
And it speaks to that really in the floor price as well, which is currently 11,500 TEDs, mm. which in ETH terms, it's not a Fidenza, but it is the Fidenza yeah. that we have. Yeah. That is around 9,000 USD right now. So as we're recording it, Tez just dipped down to 79 cents. And so that's probably about what, four, a little over four ETH or so. So that's kind of to give you a sense of you're an ETH collector. That's like the high watermark for what you might pay for a generative art piece in FX hash. There's plenty that are going to be much lower than that. Um, yeah, and just to add to that, the floor on the monolith. I mean, nine nine thousand dollars. It used to be way over fifteen thousand and way over twenty thousand for a long, long time. So we could yeah. say that it's the cheapest it's been since it's released. Am I right? I think it's the cheapest. Probably uh, close to that. I would say. Obviously, the first month or two, it wasn't that expensive. But yeah. yes, go ahead, Trinity. No, it, that's exactly what I was going to say. For the first month or so, also obviously the price of Tez was much higher. Garden Monoliths came out in December of 2021, which is obviously a great time for crypto. Tez was probably around $5, obviously mm. compared to 79 cents now. And it took a while to grow, but as the space got bigger and bigger, I think especially moving into January, February of 2022, it just kind of took off like a rocket ship. It became the piece to have. And because it is such a great example of how crazy code-based art can be. Uh, for people who haven't seen Garden Monoliths or aren't familiar with the work, with the work of Zenkan, it's these crazy landscape scenes that are like trees, it's flowers, it's grass. Um, and it's just so unique. It's, he has such a special style that's unique to him. You don't really see anybody else able to do anything. He has a custom JavaScript library called grass.js yeah. that really feeds into all of his work. And so he's doing something special and something unique. And this is his first, as far as I can tell, it's his first long form generative art project. And so there's a special like provenance there of him doing this on FX hash. Yeah. And I'll add just to give you some more info. So the peak happened probably our, our best guess was like around June of last year, June, 2022, the Tezos price was 27,000 and that equivalent in USD was $52,650 as the floor. So for, for one of the top projects in volume, it also has the highest sale. So La Random, which is the funny guys led a fund and collection bought a rare pink one for 75,000 uh, Tez. I don't even know what the USD uh, at the was time, at that time. I don't know. But it was probably close to $100,000, if not more. But just look, looking at the floor is from the top to now, that delta is 80, it's down almost 83%. So yeah. you're getting an incredible discount. And a lot of that's driven by you know the value of Tez and also just being a year in the bear market. Because if you only look at the Tez, it's only down like 50-ish percent. But then you factor, if you only look at the floor prices, it's down like 50-ish. But when you factor in the USD stuff, it gets even more severe. So that's where a lot of this discounting and like value is coming from. It's just the overall markets. And I think you'd probably see a lot of similar stuff on ETH too. But. Yeah. And also when you look at the garden monoliths, if for those that are looking at supply and listings, so there are only 255 uh, garden monoliths. That's uh, kind of a tiny collection when you think about it. So uh, ringers and squiggles, those are much bigger. All are over 1,000, so mm -hmm. 255. That's a, a tiny, tiny collection. And there are only 28 uh, listed today at the moment of the recording. So that's interesting. It's uh, less, uh, close to 10%. So it's yeah. quite a good number. So yeah, and, and talking about Sanken, I'll let you guys continue with your list. I appreciate the structure you guys bring to the narrative art world. But he's also the top five. We look at the volume of FX Hash. He has two more collections there, and, and one with Yasid, which was a collaboration. Uh, but that's also quite impressive. Out of the, the top five, Sankan is in three of them. So that's yeah. uh, interesting. He, he is the artist. For the longest time, he hadn't switched over to ETH. He is very environmentally a focused person. So he didn't put any work on ETH until the proof of stake, uh, the merge happened. You know, now he's done some stuff with Verse. He did his kind of like soft open edition there. He's done work with Bright Moments and he's done a lot of other more bespoke curated things. He had his physicals with Art Matter, which were really cool that then ended up actually becoming an FX hash collection. 
But yeah, in terms of his kindergarten monument, it's another great entry point. It's much more approachable. The floor is just around 2,000 Tez, which is only $1,500. So you're not even at an ETH there. And then a bugged forest, the project he released after that, which is, I think, the fifth in volume, is 1,000 pieces. So it was really big relative. And the floor there is only 450 Tez, which is like $350. So now you're getting into like the 0.15 ETH range that's incredibly accessible. And all of these are still like down from their highs in that like 70 to 80% range. And so you're seeing, I think a lot of opportunity where even if we don't get back to those all-time highs, if we only get halfway there, you're still getting a really great deal on trying to come in on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think speaking to your point earlier, Kahlo, even though they might be a thousand pieces each, it's still a lot lower than some of these other projects over on Ethereum. And I think that one of the things that Zenkan is working towards is uh, maintaining that sense of exclusivity, but also approachability. It's you can have a Zankan piece, you can have a bugged forest, which I think it doesn't. It's not a collaboration. It's something that's uniquely Zankan. It's still long form, and it's something that is. I think bugged forest specifically is a little bit more unique in his overall set of projects that he's released elsewhere, because it is something that was supposed to be bugged. It's not just a bugged forest because it's a forest with bugs. It's like literal yeah. came out of bugs within the code, and so it is a little bit different. It is special. It is unique. And so at that really approachable price point of 450 Tez, I don't know if you can really go wrong there. It was such yeah. a great moment when that project came yeah. out. And I think that he's obviously like one of the top artists on the platform, if not the top. Yeah, it was a kind of a surprise drop. I, I remember I minted one, but he announced it over Twitter. And I think it was open for mint like 30 minutes after it was pretty unexpected. And it was, I'm not sure, maybe you guys know, was it before or after kindergarten monuments? It was after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He released it from a heavy metal festival in Italy, like tethering his laptop to his phone. There was a great picture on Twitter of him uploading it. And yeah, it's a great piece. And like Trinity said, it's distinct in how it's kind of composed with a, a lot more glitchiness to it, but you still get a lot of the great like leaves and stuff that he's known for. But we got to move on because we got so many, <laughs> so many of these to do. <laughs> next one. What's the next one in your list? The next one is probably a name that a lot of ETH collectors know because he's put work on Art Blocks. He's put work on Verse most recently. Had a release with LACMA recently too. So this is William Mapan. Mm-hmm. I think he's really, really well known in ETH, but people might not know that he got his start on FX hash. He has one collection here and one long rumored collab that has yet to materialize. <laughs> That's been over a year in the making. We'll see if that ever comes out. But his project Dragons released in December 2021. So right still within the first six to eight weeks of FX hash. The floor, it's not down as much as other projects. Williams had so much attention in other platforms and other collecting communities. But the floor right now, is 4,000 Tez, which is about $3,100, down from a high 7,250 Tez, which is more around $8,000. So you're still getting like a 60% discount there from the all-time high from an artist who's, I think, a lot of people's picks to be like in a museum 20 to 30 years from now. So definitely worth checking out. I think this will be, honestly, between Mapan and Zancan, I think these are like the first two stops for anyone who's coming over from ETH and looking for a truly... Um, blue chip projects. I mean, there's so many people that we love, but I, I, I can't imagine collectors going deeper on our list first. I don't know if you disagree, Trinity. I think that's absolutely right. Not only are they really established artists now, you know, it's their first long form generative art pieces that have been like publicly available. It's something from the early days of FX Hash, as you said. And it really just kind of shows the starting point for what has turned out to be like an amazing trajectory for both of these artists. So Dragons is absolutely iconic for a while there. It was above Garden Monoliths, I think, at the start. And it's maintained that trajectory overall. Fun note is I actually minted one of the rarest Dragons, and I do still have the highest all-time sale. It was around 25,000 Tez which unfortunately has since, or fortunately, has since been reinvested into uh, almost fully into other pieces on FX Ash. <laughs> but... Yeah, great story. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's great when you can have these kind of big sales and then you have this liquidity to buy mm-hmm. more art. It's a great feeling. And you can distribute, kind of reorganize your portfolio. 
so yeah, no, that's uh, dragons. It's a, an amazing collection, and you know, an interesting uh, fact about William is that he has released works with pretty much all the staple uh, platforms, galleries, marketplaces, which is is very impressive when you think about the time frame. It's around two years. And also these aren't like open platforms. These are curated platforms when you think about art blocks, when you think about proof, verse, as you mentioned, LACMA. Also he was auctioned at Sotheby's. So it's very impressive how in a short amount of time he has done so many high quality collaborations with other galleries and marketplaces. And yeah, Dragons is the first one. It's his genesis. It is. And a lot of people, obviously biased, but a lot of people who collected him early still favor it above his other projects. I think people who probably encountered his Art Blocks project first might enjoy that most, or maybe people who collected him Tonic might prefer that most. But Mm -hmm. Dragons is very distinct. It doesn't really do what he's kind of doing now, which is more focused on that kind of painterly style. Mm -hmm. It's a little more innately digital, I think, but still has just a lot of that like signature refinement that William is known for. So definitely check that one out. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's, that's stop 1A or 1B for people. I think yeah. the other thing to really notice or note about Mapin is that although he has all of these big, these big projects out there with all these big platforms, he's still very careful with how he releases. He doesn't release outside of these big drops. And so there isn't a ton of his work out there, so to speak. Even his latest project on Verse Sketchbook, okay, that's only 64 editions. So you know, there's just not much William to be had. Uh, it's almost all uh, long form generative. And so if you had to pick something to hold on for a long time, I think that this is one of the, the projects that would be able to maintain some of that value yeah. over the course of yeah. decades. And based on the interview we just did with him a few weeks ago, I don't think we're going to see very much of him next year either. It kind of sounds like he's planning to take a big break right now. He had a huge end to 2023, a lot of projects all releasing. And he did quite well. So I don't think he's under a financial burden to keep going at least for another year or two. He's got a kid. So we might not see something from him unless there's a really special opportunity that comes along. So I think for collectors going back and seeing his Genesis project being also one of his most affordable projects, that's a great opportunity there. Yeah. There are many reasons to collect and follow the art of uh, William Mapan. And yeah, that's a second project on your <laughs> list. <laughs> we can, I think we can move faster through the rest of these because they're going to be a little mm-hmm. lesser. Yeah, we don't have to go through all of them. Maybe at the end, we can name the ones we couldn't yeah. uh, discuss just for the for sake sure. of completeness. <laughs> but yeah, so which one is the third one in your list I, of uh, blue chips? Yeah, I think we can't not mention RGB Elementary Cellular Automaton by the FX Hash founder, Cyphered. It is one of Cyphered's very few projects that's been out there. He's only released three so far, despite being the founder of the platform. He's just too busy coding. Mm-hmm. But RGB, as it's uh, commonly called, it's the first non-FX Hash project on the platform. So it kind of has that amazing story of being like that squiggle. It's the founding piece by the founder. It's super early. Uh, It was a free mint. Uh, It took a couple of days to mint out as well, if I recall correctly. And Mm. this is one of those projects where it's not about being the best art or the most complex code, but it's about that story and like the cultural legacy that it will have just for being that that squiggle of this platform. Um, From a pricing point of view, it's currently the floor of 950 Tez, which is down from a peak of about 2,500 Tez, again, midpoint last year. And so we're seeing quite a bit of fluctuation, down almost 85%. I have to say that a lot of that is due to some recent capitulation by some very big holders who are looking to move their portfolio around. I don't, one in particular. Yeah. Yes. I think the silver lining there, though, so there's one collector in particular who bought up 10% of the collection over time. So owned a hundred of a thousand of these things, having missed mm-hmm. the mint and coming to the platform later. And there was always this kind of concern in the community, well, what happens when they start to sell? And he's picked now to start selling for reasons that we think 
we can't really speculate on. We don't know why. No one usually says. But the good news is that there's actually been like a ton of demand for the pieces that he's listing. They're not even really being listed. Pe- people are making offers to him and he's accepting them. So I think that's a yeah. really good sign that there's someone who potentially wants to move 10% of this collection and the community is all stepping forward and be like, yeah, I want one. Yeah, give it to me. I'm going to hold it. There's a lot of people who are priced out of it. I mean, in Tezos terms, people are used to paying 10, 20, maybe 50 or $100 USD for a mint. So when a project's floor is like 2000 to 3000 the average collector over here isn't in a position to just to buy one. So when all of a sudden they go on discount that, people view it as an opportunity. And like I said, RGB is, is very much the squiggle. It's just the piece that you want to have. I yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And the first two collections for those that are in aware were the FX hash logos. Yeah, which were also made by Cipher. They were released on their FX hash. A different wallet the, name. Yeah, different wallet mm-hmm. name. So this is the official, as you said, like the first generative art collection associated with FX hash, and. Yeah, I, I was looking at the activity uh, in the last 24 hours. We have seen a crazy amount of crazy. Uh, movement, which, as you said, that means there is a lot of demand. And it seems the right time to get one of these, particularly because Cypher is also going to release a new piece. I, I'm not sure, maybe you guys know, but I think we'll be the first one on Ethereum. So he will also launch the first collection on FX hash integration with Ethereum. So I think it's like a good cycle. We think about it, it's 1000 pieces, but also it's not yeah, 10,000. So it's yeah. still <laughs> tiny collection when you think about it. Yep. So yeah, a big fan of RGBs and Cypher has, I think two more iframes and- Ethereal Microcosm, yeah. which is a th- one of my top three favorite projects on the platform. I know it's not officially okay. on our list, Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually need to go and look at some of the pricing info right now, but it is such an insane project to open up and look at, look at it's animated. It is like looking at something under a microscope and you see all these different types of like organic bacterial life forms that are interacting with each other and it runs indefinitely. Mm-hmm. It's generative. It is every time you run it, it will run in the same way. And it just, if you keep it open for 30 days going from the, the first time when it starts and seeing mm. like how all the organisms have been interacting with each other for 30 days. I think it's my favorite piece on the platform. Yeah, I have to say, really I cool. just want to get a tiny little square to hang on yeah. a wall and just kind of check in every so often to see how it's going. It's, you, it's like having like a powerful phone. browser though, or Correct. processor, because it is not trivial to run it, especially over time as the system accumulates, mm. but we're checking out for sure. Mm-hmm. Current yeah. floor is 888 Tez. I think it's his best work by far, uh, Cypher's best mm-hmm. work. So we'll, we'll just shout that out. It, it's a surprise shout out, but yeah, yeah, yeah something definitely not to miss. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was please. just going to jump to another artist if you're cool. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. I think an, another artist that we should talk about is someone who actually, relative to everyone else on the list, pretty much, their, their floors have held up incredibly well due to a lot of recent interest and activity. So Kim Asendorf, who hmm. has five different collections on FX hash ranging from the earliest days in November, 2021 to the end of last year, when there was the Herbert Frankie tribute, this project mm-hmm. zoom, he gained a lot of traction this year amongst the ETH community because of his art blocks curated release cargo, mm-hmm. which has now been like progressively more and more accumulated as people are figuring out how cool it is. But he has one of the first projects on the platform reading a book. Uh, It's a thousand pieces. It took him a long time to mint out. It wasn't free. (laughs) And other cool projects like Transactions, Monogrids, Nazca, Zoom, we already mentioned. All of these kind of available at a spectrum of like affordable costs. So reading a book you can get for 400 Tez, which is like 300 bucks. But that's actually not that far down from its all-time high, where it was 320 Tez and $362 when Tez was more expensive. The current price is actually the peak, I think, is what we're saying there. (laughs) It's very close to it. Whereas his other projects are down 30 to 40% from their all-time highs. But it's kind of interesting to see. I think he's a really great example of someone who maybe foretells what might happen as more people come over here. Because we've seen a lot more interest in his work since Cargo as it's been picked up. And we've seen groups like Carpe Diem and Flamingo Dow and 
all those big collectors kind of scoop it up. So I, I think that we could see more of that happening for some of these projects that are like much further down. Um, it's yeah. kind of like too hard to get into his work because it's so like, if you've seen cargo, it's like, you got to kind of sit, sit with it and look at it very cerebral, but definitely we're checking those projects out or at least talking about as where things might go for some of these other mm-hmm. people. And he's also an absolute pioneer, not just within like the NFT space. He is a known artist prior to the proliferation of NFTs. And that's yeah. primarily due to some of his insane magic with pixel sorting. Like he kind of pioneered a lot of some major pixel sorting algorithms. And so yeah. if you're looking to have like an established um, air quotes artist and not just somebody who became big within the last three years, I think that he is definitely a name yeah. to hold on to who for being just very large within the generative art space, which obviously yeah. has a much longer uh, history than the couple of years that we've been really focused on it from a market perspective. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I'm a big fan of Kim. I own some of his pieces on FX Hash. I think I own from multiple collections Zoom, reading a book. And yeah, what you mentioned is very unique. Reading a book is actually going up and that's not common at all when we think about generative art and what has happened over the past few years. So that sounds like a great indicator of interest, right? In to what Kim is doing. And yeah, just Zoom, which as you mentioned, was released for the Hilbert Frankie uh, tribute. It's only 128 pieces, so it's a very tiny collection. And that when I got lucky over Twitter, so Kim was giving out some, I think it was allow list spots. And <laughs> I was lucky to comment and I got one through one of those allow lists, which was at the time, it was very lucky because 128 pieces is very, very, very small for a Kim. So yeah, I'm happy to have one of those. And yeah, Kim one of the masters of algorithm, pixel sorting algorithm. So if you are into that. And one final point, I've seen some of his work in huge displays, like very high quality displays. And I think that's how you're supposed to look at his work. That's how he designs it, high quality, huge displays. And then you can see all the, the small pixels. It's fantastic. Where to next, Trinity? Hmm. Maybe what we can do is then go back to one of our FX hash favorites who really got, a, would say his big start on FX hash. He's obviously since gone and looked, moved to a bunch of other platforms, but that is M. Soriaro, Marcelo Soria Rodriguez, I guess this would be his formal name. And he has one of the favorite pieces on FX hash or one of the favorite projects in Contrapunto. So it was an early project project number 65. It's around 700-ish editions. And if you ask most people, what project do you want to have because you enjoy it or you think it's cool, it's almost always going to be Contrapuntos. People like Varden Monoliths because it's grass.js. It sounds kind of super unique. But Contrapuntos is definitely doing something that feels much more natively digital. And it is just very iconic. Dragons is also iconic in its own way, but this is something where if you see a piece that's Contra, I would say that in my mind, it's the Fidenza or the Ringers of FX Hash. Yeah, I think that so. Might be a in terms of like, point. no, it's, I think it's a an lot icon. Of collectors, it's an icon. I think a lot of collectors think of it as like the quote unquote best long form piece because it's a longer set. Like you said, it's like over 700. It's early, it's iconic, it's well collected, the diversity is there, but it does that thing where when you look at a bunch of them, it's very obvious they're from the same code. It hits every single mark that you want from a long form piece. And it was released back in the day when there wasn't collector curated, there wasn't params, there wasn't a lot of like all of this new stuff that people do now to kind of make an algorithm work and pleasing to collect. It's like, nope, this is it. Yeah. I'm confident in the algorithm, 700 something pieces. And he's obviously gone on to do other things. He did Entre Tiempos with Art Blocks. And I'm trying to think, he's also done some stuff with like the Kate Voss Bright Gallery, moments. Bright mm-hmm. Moments. Yeah. Right. yeah. So he's been to a, a bunch of other ETH platforms in a curated fashion, but he still jumps back in. He's got other much more affordable projects in FX Hash as well, but Contra is the one to talk about. And just and looking. Tukara, actually. So Tukara is another one that uh, was a collaboration with and- Andreas Raus. Yes. And 
I think mm -hmm. that's a special. It has this sound, right? The, the music, the composition, and it keeps evolving. So I think that for me, that's also uh, when, when I think about Emsoria, uh, I think about Contra or Contras, how they call it, Contras, mm -hmm. and also Tocara as well. Mm -hmm. I think they're both top five projects for me on the platform. I think my top five project list has about 15 projects in it, but yeah. they're all like, they're both super iconic. Takata is obviously that collaboration piece, but it's also getting to be much more accessible in terms of pricing. Takata has a current mm -hmm. floor price of 600, which is very accessible. And it's something that brings great enjoyment. There's a lot of collectability and it's something where every single time you load it, it's going to be the same, but it's not going to be exactly the same because how it's performing is based off of the time now. And yeah. so it's kind of this story throughout time. Most generative art, if it's animated, it will start from the beginning every single time you run mm -hmm. it. But there's such a temporal aspect to Takata. Um, it's these undulating waves of growth and decay. And you know, you're really able to see that in place. It's never going to be the same every single time you look at it, which I, to me makes it a really beautiful piece on the overall we platform. Did, we did an entire episode with the two of them just talking about how they made that project and the collaboration. Like we usually don't do episodes that specific, but we're, we're so like enthralled by this piece. It's so unlike everything else in FX hash. Also worth noting, by the way, for a lot of people who are coming over from ETH, where there is like this general on-chain maximalism there, a project like Tokata could never be done on-chain. It would be too expensive. It would be prohibitively expensive to do it because it uses a lot of recorded audio pieces that probably go into like the megabytes. So FX Hash will be adding on chain and has added it for Tezos already, and will be adding it for Ethereum when that's integrated. But by and large, ninety nine percent of the projects on FX Hash are uh, they store the hashes on chain, but then they're storing the actual code on a service called IPFS, and there's up to like a thirty megabyte limit there. And so I think that will be a really interesting thing to see because often when we look at projects in FX hash, like they do a lot more because they're not being constrained by this idea that it has to all fit on chain. Every kilobyte of code is going to cost you potentially a hundred bucks. It does when people do these Ethereum drops. So it really shows, I think, more of the breadth of um, possibility in generative art than you're kind of getting on ETH. And so Hopefully that difference is not going to be a disqualifier for people. I hope that they kind of look at it and they embrace the fact that like generative art can exist beyond just what can fit on chain. Yeah. Well, and I think that uh, speaks to, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead I, I think that speaks to kind of two different views that sometimes people have on generative art. Some people are more about how simple can this be? How optimized can this code be? Often when you think about like a Peter Pazima, who will do anything he can to reduce the amount of code that there could possibly be. And that's part of the art. That's where like the code is part of the art, but with the larger file size on IPFS, it, I think it allows for a much larger range of artistic expression. And so you're able to kind of look at generative art across kind of these two main points of code versus meaning. And obviously mm -hmm. there's a lot of overlap between these things. You don't need to buy into one or the other. But I think it speaks to the, the breadth that exists within the generative art world overall. Just want to make a small break to remind everybody that all the collections, all all the artists that we are uh, mentioning will be. You can find the links to the in the description of the episodes, so you can easily access them. Because I know that are we are mentioning many names, many collections, and it can be tricky to find them. So just go to the description and you can find a direct link to the different collections we're talking about. Also on the ones on the other blockchains, not necessarily on FX hash. Yeah, so that's a great point what you mentioned about on-chain and off-chain. And yeah, there are different perspectives. I, I think there are, as you said, pros and cons of both. And I, I like both. I think it's good to have both options. Artists that want to explore and, and put on more challenging projects like Tokara, but also this concept of having everything on chain is special. Like for validation, it also brings some, as you said, constraints when creating the project. So both I think are interesting. And yeah, we can maybe go on, guys. What's the, the next one on your on your list? Yeah. I think we, we need to push to go into our uh, hidden gem section soon. But 
I think just let's talk about both of these together because they're also names I think people are going to know and might be surprised to know that they have projects on Tezos. But Lars Wander, mm. who's huge now on the Ethereum side, along with Iskra Belichkova and Zach Lieberman. So Zach only has one project. It's collab with Iskra called Horizontes. And Iskra has two now because she has released one recently, pieces on FX Hash. But the one that we have flagged here is Uninhabitable, which is back from December 2021. And then Lars has a bunch of projects from the early beta, Gossamer, Unfolded, and Geode mm-hmm. you know, from 2021 into January 2022 before he went off into Ethereum and got picked up by Artix Code and became super famous. <laughs> so all those projects, again, are all projects that are extremely approachable. The Lars pieces, Gossamer, his very first project, his Genesis long form mm-hmm. piece can be had for 149 Tez, which is $117. If you can imagine buying a Lars Wander piece for $117 on ETH, like, no, I don't think it was ever even that inexpensive. Yeah. Unfolded, similarly, is $150. These are down from highs, 60 to 70%. Um, Geo, 300 bucks, And the Iskra stuff, Uninhabitable, is 650 Tez, which is $500. Horizontes is $850 Tez, $671. So all sub one ETH or sub one ETH, like very affordable pieces here from artists who command, you know, multiples of that on Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are great additions. And yeah, Lars, as you mentioned, very popular on Ethereum. He also was on Bright Moments. Also recently had a release with Tonic, uh, I remember correctly. Rhythm and the Machine, yeah. Yeah. Which came with yeah. physicals. And so he's very, I, I think he's going to be doing a lot more stuff with physicals. And obviously he's got, kind of like representation he's going to continue to be pushed out there and building a very dedicated collector base so there's others on this list but but we could jump to people know him for his ethereum work most notably automatism on art blocks but he has a bunch of projects on fx hash his earliest work and melissa we direct also who's put a bunch of stuff on FX hash while she was waiting for her art blocks piece to mm-hmm. go through all of the steps to actually get up <laughs> and approved. And they're not necessarily quick. And so while she was waiting, she pounded out a couple of her technically first long form mm-hmm. releases there. I think that's kind of like the list of people who you'll probably know from ETH. And then I don't know, Trini, do you think we should jump into some of like more of our favorites and the maybe more undiscovered folks on the ETH side? Yeah, what let's do, do that. Yeah, maybe just a quick comment on Yassid, because he was the first artist I collected on FX Hash. I collected the Hashed Arts and Hash Cities is one of my favorite projects. I really enjoyed that one. And yeah, we already mentioned that he collaborated with Sankan on the Kindergarten Monument. So I think those are, in my opinion, three of his iconic FX Hash collections. I also lost Twins, it's very mm-hmm. minimal. And, and Melissa also, she, she's a part of the community, the premium community. And yeah, big fan of what she's doing. Also, she has mm-hmm. gotten very popular right on Ethereum. Yeah, now uh, excited about your hidden gems. So we covered basically the kind of the popular artists, the known artists on ease. And also we looked at the volume, what was like the top 20, 30 projects. So uh, that's what we have been commenting on and now we'll talk about your kind of your hidden gems what you think are artists that deserve or collections that deserve more attention so that's exciting is it a long list guys yes it's it's a long (laughs) list and yet unjustifiably short we could have done a hundred easily here but we probably won't get to all of them because i know we're already what we've blown up your whole schedule for this thing carlos (laughs) i have no problem I, i really enjoy this this discussion but maybe we can jump into their top hidden gems. I think of some of these people who are the hidden gems, a lot of them are really maybe not so hidden or on the verge of having huge breakouts. There are a couple that come to mind, but I think the first person I want to discuss is Ivona Tao, who mm. is very, very well known for her uh, generative AI work. She's been at Sotheby's on the Kate Vass AI platform. Her work has been displayed in Times Square on the giant screens there. I think that she's a very well-known artist within this space. 
but I don't know how many people know that she's actually released some of this long form generative work that includes her AI components here over on FX Hash. Her first project, Study of Atom, it is only 72 Tez, which is an insanely low price for an artist of that much caliber, down from a high of 310. So again, when we're talking about our discounts, it's over 90% off in uh, USD terms, not necessarily test terms, but it's a very accessible project. It is pretty well listed, and it's one of the projects that you can definitely get on collection offer probably pretty easily. But her other big project I want to shout out here is Mythic Latent Glitches, which came out um, last summer, so summer 2022. Again, incredibly accessible floor of 80 Tez, but this is one that it's technically image composition, which means that there are images that have been uploaded that have then had like code-based effects applied to them. But you know, when it comes to FX hash and her work, it's not like, oh, I took photographs or I took images from the internet and I'm applying effects. This is part of a very long process for her where she spent quite a bit of time in her native Lithuanian forest where her parents live, taking tons of photographs, training AI models on the photographs of those forests, ultimately creating a curated set of, these are the images that I want to use. And then leveraging those as kind of the baseline for her work. So not only are you getting something that is like, it was a generative code effect, you're getting something that also has that generative AI and not just, oh, I went to mid-journey and did stuff. Yeah. It's the training of the models. It is like leveraging her own expertise in the space. She just recently completed her PhD in artificial intelligence. So she's at the forefront of everything that's happening here. And so I think that her career is just getting started. And so these are both very accessible pieces that I think everybody should have one or yeah. two. I, mean, I, I out of, can't out of respect scream about the listeners. Yvonne loud enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had her on. I think, Kala, you had her on actually yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we had her on early last year. And out of respect for your listeners, I have not put any collection offers in on these projects, even though I was super tempted to as I pulled together the data for this because I was, oh, this is way too cheap for her work. But I'll promise to not collect until at least the episode airs and people have had time to digest it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to me, as you mentioned, Trinity, the fact that she's one of the first to combine AI and what we call generative art or, or AI and code art into one uh, collection. I think that's quite special. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I didn't know the floors were that low at the moment. So that's a great find for me. <laughs> yeah. I'll do, I think piggybacking off Vivona, we should talk then about Thomas Noya who's another mm. artist who's done a lot of the same and was recently featured at the Bright Moments in Argentina. With The project he did in Argentina was code-based, but it was actually him doing a code-based project that kind of really looks like a lot of the, the glitched and dithered AI stuff that he's known for from his earliest projects in FX Hash. Similar to Ivona, he does photography, trains models. His outputs end up being very different because he's a lot more focused on really glitching them like crazy to the point where you can really not necessarily even tell what the underlying images are supposed to be, except for maybe if you read some of his descriptions. So uh, he's got a ton of really affordable stuff on FX hash. He has a verse project and then now bright moments. So I feel like he falls into that category too, of someone who's very much like on the upswing and just now breaking into the ETH community. And I'm excited for people to discover the stuff that he has on FX hash. Yeah, I'm also a big fan of Thomas. I, I collaborated with him uh, through the Blind Gallery in a collection called uh, Ciudad Central, which is unbiased, but to be honest, is one of my favorite pieces on the platform. I mean, from Thomas, it's an amazing one. It has a strong story to his background. He's originally from Venezuela. He lives in, in New York, but it's inspired a little bit of the culture and the history of the country. So it's a, a very nice one. For those from South America, I think you will enjoy that one. Good shout out there. Trina, you want to pick another? Yeah, I'm going to go up to um, Eric Swan, who is a generative artist, but I believe an architect first. And he's really, again, one of those people who's on the upswing. A lot of FX hash work actually has I would say higher floors 
than a lot of what we've looked at. But I think that is partially due to the insane quality of the work that he's been putting out on FX Hash. He has a lot of work. It's Farb Taylor is not his first project. He has a couple that are before that. But mm. it also released December 2021, actually on the exact same day as Garden Monoliths. That was a mm. very exciting day in generative art. And this has a floor of 350 Tez right now. It hit a peak of 650. And this project, I think, is very quintessential generative art to me. It is leveraging amazing colors, amazing palettes. And then just the way that he constructs these pieces with, it's very Yazid-like for people who might be familiar with some of Yazid's work. But Farb Taylor is just something special in the way that it creates 3D structures that are flat. It would be a great candidate for generative embroidery, I would say. Mm. And it's a style that he has taken into other work that he has other places. So Punked Welt is a, a more recent project that he's done on FX Hash, where it's, again, a very similar architectural look and feel. And he's taken that into verse as well with Fields and Functor, which I think are some of his most prominent works. Fields was such an exciting day on verse. It was collector curated. But I think that people forget that he had his really big start on FX Hash. Yeah. And I think we have to shout out the editorial that Monk Anthony wrote about Farb Teeler for Tender. So for anyone who's coming over and interested from this show, a great place, aside from looking in the notes and all the projects that we're talking about, a really good place for you to get your start exploring all of the great projects, the iconic projects on FX Hash is tender.art. I guess disclosure, we're all members. We're in the Tender Discord together. But one of the things they do is they allowed community members to write editorials. And Monk Anthony, who's working on the generative art timeline with Lorandum right now and is kind of becoming a professional art historian, it feels like, wrote an amazing piece about this, comparing it to like all the Bauhaus influences and mm -hmm. very much worth checking that out and just checking out Tender in general, because it's an amazing resource. There's also ETH stuff there too. So maybe you already have seen it, but you can filter and just look at FX Hash and just like get familiar with all of the iconic projects that have been released over the last two years. Yeah, it, it's kind of tender. As you said, I'm also a member and it feels like, I think the way how it started is because there was the need for curation since FX Hash was an open platform. So that's what Tender brought to the community, brought a, a big community of curators. That's a way to say it. And now they have this list that is a huge list of icons, which are now not only FX Hash collections, also Ethereum collections. So it's a great way to get a glance, top projects for those that are new to the generative art scene. Okay, one I want to do now is, and, and of course, Trinity knows what, what's coming up, but Coronado mm. by Jerez. Yeah. Jerez, we've had Jerez on the show for an interview. They're also one of the earliest like artists on the platform from way back in like December, January. Lots of projects and just an amazing artist to watch how they, they've evolved their practice and grown. And I feel like Coronado was the first really big breakthrough on FX Hash, their first project that really ballooned up in floors. We had a high of 635 Tez at its peak, which was almost $800. It's now down to 340 Tez, which is under $300. So you're still getting that like 60-ish percent discount. But most notably, Drez this year, actually pretty recently in the last three months, released a really successful Artblocks created piece called Torrent, which minted out at over an ETH, which is like pretty crazy for 2023, even on Artblocks created. Yeah. Most projects were minting out well below an ETH, even going down to the, uh, the bottom tier before finding their <clears throat> audience who was willing to mint them. So the price is not there anymore. The floor is below an ETH now, but we still see them going through the sales feed and that project's phenomenal. But Coronado is... Torrent, sorry to interrupt, but Torrent was it curated? Is it, yeah. Was it yeah. the blocks curated? Oh. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like two projects ago or three projects ago at this yeah. point. And so I think for people who are coming over, if you enjoyed torrent i think coronado should be your first stop here it's not animated but it is a very striking piece and it really shows how well jerris can command like composition and color and 
I have three of them printed and hung in yeah. my home. They look amazing. So yeah, yeah, Jerez, the one uh, thing no, I think the other thing not to miss with Jerez's work is the write-ups as well. Jerez mm-hmm. is one of those people who goes to great care and great lengths to describe the story of of every project um, that that's created, uh, how it's made, why it's made, the feeling behind it. And so to my mind, if you skip out on reading the write-ups, you're missing out on like the half the story. So that is just one thing I'll call out for anybody who's looking to appreciate or collect anything by Jerez. <clears throat> Coronado specifically, there's a story about like a guitar that they had since childhood and or was exposed to since childhood. And it's the storytelling that yeah, gets me he, every time. He also has an alt account where he has released a couple of projects. I don't remember the name, but I know I own some of his alt account pieces. I'm not sure if you guys remember. Can't speak to that. No, nope. it's not. No, no, can't speak to this bad form. We're not. <laughs> it's not a, I think he openly said it. No? Oh, uh, maybe. I know that. So there's one that's like a Creative Commons one. That's like Image Comp. Mm-hmm. It's called like CZ, CC0. That one. That something, one is- yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, but there's that's other the... rumored alts for Jerez. Jerez is rumored yes. to have many alts, and so we don't confirm or deny anything that other rumors <laughs> out there. Yeah, but the, the CC zero, he openly said is it says there in the bio Jerez alt account. So yeah, that's the one I was referring to. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go for a different tack right now, and a lot of the work that we've talked about so far is very notable because high floors, people love it yada, yada, yada. The next artist that I'm going to call out here is Casey Reese, who Mm. is very well known within the generative art space, one of the creators of the processing language. So obviously a all caps, big deal, but people who may not know, or maybe people who are new to FX hash, Casey did release a series of five projects on FX hash. They were all a thousand editions around one Tez each. I think that price increased over time. But in all those pieces or all those projects were odes to classic generative artworks by Vera Molnar and so on and so forth. And it's a way to accessibly have a, pa- a piece of that Reese pie, so to speak. And obviously yeah. there is an upcoming work on the FX calendar that will be coming up shortly with, with the yeah. 1.0 or the 2.0 release. Yeah. And I think it's together with Bitform mm-hmm. Gallery. Yeah, Casey was in the the show. He told us about processing and his whole career, his teaching. So that's a great episode. If anybody wants to learn more about Casey, I think it's uh, episode eight. If I, I I think all these pieces, by the way, we didn't put the numbers down because they're not expensive, but I think they're all probably 50 Tez or less and probably on offer even lower. So we're really talking like 20, 30, $40 to own a piece by Casey who was just featured in like the coded retrospective at LACMA, not just on the website to be collected, but like in the museum, I saw it, they filled a hallway with projections of his work there. Mm-hmm. So this is someone who's already been in museums and is considered kind of part of the canon of code-based art to be able to buy a one of one of X from him. I mean, that's yeah. just crazy, right? Uh, all right I'm, I'm going to go a different, different track here and talk about a piece that is kind of in the RGB-ish category, I think, of like a piece of the culture more than necessarily a piece of art, which is Small Skulls by mm. Mark Knoll. And when we were tracking our index last year, it was the best performing piece of 2022, Small Skulls. If you yeah. had bought Small Skulls early, this is a PFP project. It's a really early piece. It was like, I think it was project number, what did I say? Six? 14 on the platform project number 14 so that's within the first day or two of the platform opening mark released a generative code-based pfp project called small skulls a thousand pieces took them a while to mint out because there weren't that many people using the platform back then but now it's kind of become the thing where probably every third or fourth person in fx hash discord uses a small skull as a little icon you see them all over twitter as well if you follow fx hash collectors and artists it's the official unofficial pfp of fx hash there's no utility to it there's no roadmap it's just a piece of art but it's really grown its own organic community around it and they're at an incredible discount just like everything else we've talked about here let me just scroll to where it is so 
we clocked the highest floor for small skulls at 400 tes, which was almost $800 at the time back in June. It's now 155 tes, which is only 125 bucks, and you can probably get it even lower on offer. So you're seeing that 80% drop. I think for people who collect on ETH and probably got started in PFPs like you, Kahlo, might mm-hmm. come over and look at this and see not only one of the very first projects in FX Hash, but also like that so many people in the Discord are using this. So I think it's a good place to look right now before 2.0 comes over or even shortly after it launches because if you get hooked, like it's kind of the thing that shows that you're a part of it. Yeah. And there are two. There is the ASCII's small schools and then the OG. Is it the OG school? There's the 3D, there's the ASCII. The 3D, and there's like yeah. the re- I'm only talking about the regular one. The regular. The regular. Actually, it was 2000. I think I misspoke. It was 2000 pieces. It is 2000. Yeah. yeah. So this is the very first one. He's done a lot of derivative stuff over the last two years with it, including mm-hmm. there's going to be a collab coming up. There's going to be an ode to small schools also uh, with the launch of 2.0. But I think by and large people regard just this small school project as like the one to yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, big fan also collaborated with Mark and for the, past, the art. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. The membership token and yeah, Mark is amazing. I mean, he is an amazing developer and he can put together these concepts that are not typical for generative art memberships, tickets. He has also the small schools fan super fan collection if you're a collector of i think it was five of his collections then you get the super fan stamp or pass i don't remember the exact name which i don't yeah. think he ever did anything with but <laughs> you got <laughs> you yet. got one yeah. you got one you're gonna i yeah. think it was a claim or an airdrop and yeah. yeah it's in the platform as well on fx hash and yeah looking forward to his upcoming collaboration on the launch yeah. week and Mark I mean, is also we... just a fantastic community member. He's built mm. uh, tools and like analytics yes. things for the FX hash community, especially early in the days when you had to do everything by hand or like do a lot of blockchain investigation by hand. Mm. Mark came through and made some excellent just sites and tooling for people. So fantastic community, community member and somebody to, I think, just pay attention to and very beloved. Yeah. And I think he hasn't released on Eve. So it's so yeah, so this will be interesting, right? Because we have seen so many artists that started on FX hash and eventually moved to ETH, but Mark was, for some reason ha- hasn't done that. And this will be his genesis, I believe. I, I could be wrong. We have oh, to check. Yeah, it was his genesis. It's hard to beat Project 14. <laughs> so yeah. No no but but I mean yeah. on ETH. His genesis on ETH, I think this oh, is uh, yeah. the new one, yeah. 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 Big name that I think that probably could have been in like the blue chip section, but Andreas Giesen has released mm. three amazing projects on FX Hash, well known within the art space, kind of alongside like the Kim Asendorfs of the world, longtime creator. Have to shout a Giesen out here. Don't skip those yeah. projects. Towers, Device One, and Smooth Steps, all pieces yeah. of perfection. Yeah. And I will shout out an interesting one here, Cyril Diagni, who is the one who's rumored to be working with, or actually confirmed to be working with William eventually on hopefully their return to FX hash with a collaboration. But he has a really cool project called Waxing Crescents, which is an AI kind of GAN project based on moon cycles. But the interesting thing about that one is unlike what Avona does or thomas does where they're taking images and loading them in he fit the entire gan model into the 30 megabyte cap on fx hash and i think he was the first artist to do that there's another artist who does that called pixel filler which makes really cool stuff too so the entire models that's a very unique thing very difficult to execute the project itself is really cool so check out that one that's called waxing crescent mm-hmm. yeah um, that's a great name yeah I would also shout out Anna Lucia, who is a judge artist who's really been, I think, on the up and up in the last couple of months, in the last year or so. Her project on FX Hash, Art for Walls in Public Spaces, is one that's really not to miss. It's a fantastic piece of work. And she's just been on this crazy trajectory, releasing things uh, on her own, part of some of the, part of galleries, everything like that. And she has another big piece coming to FX hash with 2.0 as well. So yeah. it's not in the county. Love Anna Lucia. I believe it is. Yeah. 
It was delayed. I think it was supposed to be released uh, before the launch, but then it was delayed, and now people are waiting. Yeah, everybody's yeah. waiting for for the day, the announcement. So yeah, also collaborated with Anna and for the blind gallery. There is mm. a very special piece there that because of how it worked, the blind gallery in our early editions artists minted from an out wallet. So it's hard to find. It's called the secret garden. So it's mm. a, a great piece. And if you do some digging, you will find it. You can find it in the blind gallery website. But that's a very unique piece from Anna Busia. Another one to shout out is Roxanne, who you can see behind mm. me here. I have a print from him from his most recent release fold with, with Grailer style. But he also was someone who came to the platform super early. He has some of the earliest projects like Bingo and uh, really broke through again and again with the community, but I think is best known for his project Tick, which is also incredibly affordable, just like everything else on the list right now. And he's also been, has got projects in verse, like I said, with Grailer Staff. So he's someone who's crossed over into ETH. He's really focused on making cool physicals. Like, I think he's really an FX hash OG that everyone needs to check out. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was fantastic. Trinity and Will, we covered so many amazing names, so many fantastic collections. I think it's a great intro, right, for newcomers to the platform. And again, if anybody's listening, you will have the links to all the collections, all the names in the description. And I think we can wrap it up. Any closing thoughts on the launch week anything you are specifically looking forward to any collections that you're interested in any artists from the calendar that are over 80 so far <laughs> I, I think it would be easily over 100 people uh, new collections on the first week of the launch any of those are intriguing which one are you looking forward to we have to kick this off with block induced by peter pasma as a part of the tender collaboration slash uh, curation. Peter Pasma is a crazy code wizard. I'm assuming that this will be an on-chain project. It's under 10 kilobytes of code. You can't do anything in 10 kilobytes these days, but it's a crazy looking skeuomorphic project that takes me really back to um, the mid 2000 teens. Absolutely insane. It's up in the calendars. Take a look at it. Uh, very excited to see how that one does. Very unique yeah. from Peter. Yeah. And I'll shout out like Tectonica from Protocell Labs. It's a project that we've been following for, I feel like, six months now on Twitter. And it's finally up there in the calendar. I think also for people coming from ETH, they might be excited to hear that Takawo is dropping a project called Snail Trails. I don't think it's going to be on the first day, but I know that that's an artist that has, has not come to FX Hash, but has quite a bit of a following outside of the ecosystem. So that's going to be a nice first there. Yeah. Fantastic. Trinity, Will, thanks so much for your time. Everybody tune in to Waiting to be Signed. If you haven't, you want to get deep dives into generative art and FX hash as well. I'm a big fan of their show and so glad we, can, we could do this. We should do this more often, guys. Thanks so much. Absolutely. We're here for it. Yeah. Thanks, Carlo. Thank you. Thank you.